Welcome to the Power Women in Insurance Show with your host, Teresa Kitchens. Join us as we laugh, talk about hard issues, support each other, and make our industry and our world a better place. Let's go. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Power Women in Insurance podcast. Today, I've got two amazing women, and we get two, two, two for the price of one. Just kidding. But we are talking with an amazing team today for education, empowerment for people all over the country in the insurance space. Today, we're talking specifically about education, leveling up and reaching out and being able to grab that brass ring with the two powerhouses with the National Alliance for Insurance Education and Research. (sighs) (laughs) But we have today... Uh, we have today Dustin and Kat. They are part of two, the Awkward Insurance Podcast. So that's a lot of information we're starting off, but these ladies have great personalities and we are going to rock it. Welcome y'all. I'm so excited to have y'all. Thank Thank you you. so much. (laughs) So Dustin, real quick, tell me a little bit about how you started in the insurance industry and, or how you kind of ended where you are. And then Kat, we're going to talk to you as well. And then I want to just dive into this whole education empowerment stuff you guys got going on. Well, to make a long story short, because (laughs) it can be a long story, depending on how many words I put into it. I got into insurance after an AFLAC convention at a hotel that I was um, managing the restaurant for the hotel. So we had an AFLAC convention. It was at the Peabody here in Little Rock. The Peabody is no longer in Little Rock, Arkansas. Um, they went back to Tennessee, but they were here at one point. <laughs> you have the so it was, did you have the parade of the we, ducks at five o'clock yes, when you're in Arkansas? Did you? Because I'm actually... Did biologically, I was born in Memphis. So um, I moved when I was five, but I still have my sister and my biological father there. So we go all the time and um, we don't do all the touristy stuff. So that was one of the things that we wanted to make sure we did was go see the ducks, the parade of the ducks at the, uh, at the Peabody. So we definitely had the duck march. It was a fun thing to do. And we would do the same thing. We didn't want to like do anything big with the kids. So we would take her over to the Peabody and just watch the ducks swim around in the little pond all the time. And that was great. So we had an AFLAC convention and I was leading up uh, some events in our restaurant and I met a, a lady there and she kind of talked me into exploring it. So then I went and got my life and health license and I'm a, I'm a, a learner at heart. I'm always seeking information. I'm never satisfied that I have enough information. So I, I went to the whitest room in central Arkansas and by white, I mean the walls. There was no color on the walls. I'm pretty sure it was a cinder block room. So it was so indicative of like the school rooms that you grew up in with just nothing on the walls. And the oldest man that I have ever been taught by (laughs) learning life and health, because that's what AFLAC was. So it was life and health. It was much easier than, than it is now. (laughs) Right. Um, But I just really loved the information and the twists and turns of the information. So I got my license in life and health, but then quickly discovered that I was not a door-to-door knocker sales kind of person and was basically just logging miles on my car and turning them in. (laughs) That's all I was doing, acting like I was doing something. Um, I'm pretty sure I was doing something. I do remember having appointments, but it just, um, it was not my niche really. 
So I thought, well, as long as I have this license, let me see what I can do with it. Um, and then I saw, of course, a job posting on LinkedIn, which was my first round with LinkedIn as an adult person. I was still really young when I was, when I started. So LinkedIn was like, it was an old thing to do it was for adults. And I wasn't an right. adult in my mind yet. Um, but I started at a regional insurance company and they had me get my, uh, my, uh, PNC license. And I started in personal lines doing file clerk kind of stuff. And then just kind of went through it from there and, uh, joined a national agency after that, after some unfortunate conversations at this regional agency. And it just found the best mentor at that age. It was the best move that i had ever made, had the best team ever, just nothing but supporters. Everybody wanted everybody to succeed. We loved our clients like they were our best friends and family members. So, I mean, it was just a great place for growth. And of course, I never stopped my love of learning. So through those years, I ended up getting a few degrees. I did go to college. I didn't do a traditional path of college and going right after high school. Um, But I started a family first and then toted my toddler back and forth to college with me. (laughs) (laughs) So did that and got a few of my designations here at the National Alliance. And my potential just exploded from that point. Um, So now I'm here at the National Alliance, and I am the Personal Alliance Academic Director. Personal Alliance is my focus, has always been my focus, is my heart. I tried to dabble in commercial lines, um, and not that it was extremely difficult, but Personal Alliance just kept sucking me back in. And just having those connections with all of my clients and their personal stories and talking about grandkids and kids and going back to school and not having to focus on business numbers and all of that, was just where my heart was. So personal lines has always been my focus. Um, and so that's what I do here at the National Alliance. I'm the personal lines academic director and I just read personal lines coverage all day long and research trends in personal lines and do the podcasting thing. And that's what we do. I love it. I love it. I love it. And personal lines and commercial lines are very, very different. Oh, yes. conversations, mm-hmm. the pace, the the, the uh, you know, the coverages. I mean, they're just very, very different. And a lot of people either gravitate towards one or the other. It's very difficult to do both. Right. I don't, I don't understand the persons. And I think you're one of them. That's a hybrid <laughs> because I'm just so like one track minded that having two different disciplines is a little bit more difficult for me, but that's where we brought Kat into the podcast because that, you know, the first year of the podcast was really nerve wracking. And it was outside of my comfort zone. I had never been a public speaker type person. You know, I'm good with small groups in a room where I'm not being recorded, right? <laughs> so, There's some so pressure about being recorded. There definitely is. That all of a sudden, oh my gosh, it just, it just, it screws with my brain some days. I'm like, what? Why? Right? What? Did, mm-hmm. And then I think, did I say that? Did I say that wrong? Did I stumble on it? You know, or. I'll definitely rethink sometimes on the podcast two or three times during the day. Why did I say that? <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh yeah. My, my <laughs> processing of what comes out of my mouth has been an overdrive for the last year. And I've always made fun of myself that I have no brain to mouth filter and no desire to develop one now because I've lived without one for this long, right? This podcast situation and having, you know, recording myself all the time. 
I'm definitely developing a brain to mouth filter, but it's not properly functioning all the time. (laughs) (laughs) So we brought Kat into the podcast because my focus, even when I'm talking with somebody who's not just personal lines focused, I tend to be very focused in Mm -hmm. on personal lines and there's more out there than personal lines. So uh, Kat and I just, we're so like-minded and we've got so much in common and our personalities are both out there. So it was just a perfect match for her to come in and bring in that commercial lines um, perspective. And we're super excited to start the second season with her as a co-host. Yay. Well, what an intro and transition into Kat. I think it's awesome. So Kat, you are bringing the commercial lines mojo. Tell me how you ended up here. So it's funny, you know, as much as, as like Dustin was saying, you know, we, she and I just work so well together and we have a similar energy and a similar passion, but with different, um, different disciplines, but also our, our backgrounds are a little bit different. Dustin's experience being in the agency, mine being the dreaded underwriter. (laughs) So I started off. So we're also secretly adversaries. I like it. Yes, the, the account manager, agent, and the underwriter. Ooh, <laughs> it's Can we do? <laughs> it's a great combination. I love it. Now, now I'm going to have photo ops in my head of the next time we're in Austin together. <laughs> so I, I've been in the industry for 20 years now. I remember starting before 9/11. Um, I, similar to Dustin, just kind of fell into it. I was, I had been a stay-at-home mom for a while, so. I had my daughter when I was 18, so didn't get to do the traditional college route. Um, Stayed at home with her for a while, and I was in a department store, and some guy overheard me saying that I wanted to go back to work. I was tired of watching Teletubbies all day long. So this guy says to me, well, here's my card. I'm hiring in my office. I run an insurance company, and give me a call. And I'm thinking okay, buddy. (laughs) I don't know what you're thinking, but sure, whatever. And so I, it was a managing general agency that focused primarily on trucking and marine insurance. Okay. Here I am just barely a high school graduate because of my interesting youth, but those are stories for another time. And I don't know anything about insurance. I really would have been happy with a receptionist job. That's, I just wanted something to get me out of the house during the day. Right. Uh, but this company had me take a placement exam before interviewing me for anything. And the way that I scored, they asked if I'd be interested in interviewing for underwriting. Okay. I said, I don't know what that means, but sure. <laughs> so I was with this agent, uh, with this managing general agency for a while, Um, started learning about the trucking industry and the marine industry. I went and started pursuing my uh, licenses and designations after that, because it just felt really good to have this opportunity to learn. Mm. And again, at this point in my life, I didn't care so much about my career per se. I just wanted to make myself better. I felt like I wanted to defy the stereotype of what a teen mom was going to be. Mm-hmm. So it was really important for me to just always keep pushing forward to kind of create this life that I could be proud of. Yeah. And so I outgrew that agency for a while and ended up going to uh, nationwide insurance as an under, also as a commercial underwriter. And 
underwriting more mainstream commercial businesses, again, gave me the opportunity to learn so much about different industries. Anytime a new file came across my desk and it was a class of business I hadn't underwritten before, you'd bet your bleep that I was reading everything that I could about how that industry ran. Right. That's um, your butt. Did even you comes with say- their own sound effects. Like <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like that. That's the sign of a great podcast y'all have over there. She even comes with their own, own yep. so, you know, I don't even have to like push a button. I gotta bleep there. that out. I yep. don't have them, but you know. <laughs> and so, um, so I did uh, spend a majority of my time in underwriting and then got into, I did some field underwriting, uh, dabbled in personal lines a little bit. So I dipped my toe in there. You're right. It's completely different how you have <laughs> conversations. And then I started uh, doing agency training. So the company that I was with was making a transition from a captive agency model to an independent agency model. So part of my role was, was uh, involved in um, uh, courting and and onboarding these new agencies that we would start contracting with. And so then there, my career just kind of took off into, oh, I really like being in this training role. This is, this is my jam. <laughs> and yeah. uh, I just really found my passion with, with educational. And one of the reasons why it was so exciting for me to get this job with the National Alliance is because it ha- adult education has been such a big part of my career. And it's allowed me to break barriers that I didn't mm-hmm. think I was capable of 20 years ago. I love it. And as um, a lot of our listeners know, I have, a, I have a degree in education and I approach everything from an education-based standpoint. So I approach my team building because I own an agency specifically through the concept of building a team and through, you know, dealing with my, my team members, my clients, everything that I do, including this podcast. I love the education piece and that y'all have really brought through so many different avenues, through through face-to-face education, through online education, the opportunity for people to be able to find a deeper knowledge and understanding of almost everything in the insurance industry. I know when I started 20 years ago, because my, my agency has been open almost 20 years, and um, we or this year's this year's 19, so almost 20. But um, I know that through that process, I felt like I wanted so much more education. I was like, there has to be more of what it is I'm trying to do. And I had a really hard time finding that. And um, especially being in personal lines more, I wanted to learn a little bit more about commercial. And I would ask people, where do I learn about commercial? And people were like, you know, you just jump in there and do it. <laughs> And I was like, no, I don't think that's right. And then everybody would go, oh, you know, you know, you know, right? And then they you talk about commercial and they go, oh, just jump in there. And I was like, this is so schizo. It's like, this is not the way. Is there any other way to do insurance than to just jump in there and do it? Mm -hmm. Because I don't think there actually is. True, true. Because so much of it is so hands-on, but there was just so much fear about messing it up, right? Mm Because I didn't want to do something and have somebody have a fire at their location or have something happen. And I messed up their ability to run their oh, business. Right? Or, oh, oh yeah. Claims I mean, are terrifying. like the biggest anxiety when they come in and you're, I mean, you, you're confident when you sell this stuff every day, but then when that claim comes in, you immediately start going, did I add this coverage? Did I add that yep. coverage? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did I make sure that I told them about this and got this side? You know, just, it happens. 
Yep. And we even have, you know, certain standards like a lot of agencies do. We say we don't sell unless we sell these coverages. But after 19 years in business, we were not always that way. And so we do have some clients from 20 years ago that sometimes I'm like, oh, mm, did we do that? You know, mm -hmm. and I, I'm being truly just very vulnerable on that. I mean, yeah, well, I mean, or you have a one-off, you might mm -hmm. have a, a standard to write coverage a certain way, but there's some flexibility there every once in a while right. you have a one-off because it's a, it's a child account or, you know, whatever it's an ancillary. It's my best friend of this, of yeah. this big, large commercial account. You're not going to lose this commercial account just because you won't write state minimum limits for, you know, their son who's been in 15 accidents or whatever. Right. So, I mean, so you have those one-offs and then that claim happens and you're like, Oh God, is this one of those one-offs? <laughs> and that's the stuff that keeps you up at night. Right. Right. But I love that lots of people did tell me, hey, if you really want to learn about commercial insurance, go do your CIC. And I was like, what is that? Like, I don't even know. Like, I'm so tired of acronyms in the insurance industry. I was like, how do I do that? And they're like, just Google it. And I was like, what? I don't even, what? <laughs> so I ended up finding it all that way. Because I was, I was, I don't know, having lunch with somebody one day. And they're like, yeah, just go do your CIC. You'll be fine. I'm like, does it teach you how to sell commercial insurance? And they're like, well, it gives you all the basics. You're fine. So then I started taking classes and, and it worked out and I, and it's really been amazing because I've learned so much. And then just, I love the way that the instructors put things in situational type thing, conversations. Mm -hmm. So it's not just the droll rote memorization of other things. Like maybe when we took our original test for insurance, we were, <laughs> we were with that really old dude. Right. And we had probably a most boring idea of insurance going into it and growing up, nobody ever wants to get into insurance. So whenever we think about higher education and insurance, a lot of us don't just jump into that pool, but in order to really love insurance, I think we have to, because you have to know and understand the depth of that pool Mm -hmm. to know where you want to swim. What do you want to do? You know, yeah. I mean, if we don't do that, we're, we're limiting ourselves mentally and emotionally to love this industry. Well, and I think, you know, kind of like with what you said, you know, jumping in and learning to love it in order to love it, you have to understand why it matters. Yeah. And before I had gotten my CIC, I mean, cause I was a chaser of that alphabet soup. I think there are actually more letters after my name than are in my name at this point. <laughs> <laughs> but so I had, I had started out, I had gotten my CPC first. Okay. And right after I got my CPCU, I thought, all right, now I'm going to do CIC. And making that transition, I started my CIC courses, maybe a little cocky, thinking, I just passed my CPCU, the CIC yeah. stuff's not going to be a big deal. But it was completely different. Yeah. Because yeah. what I had learned previously, again, coming from an underwriting background, it was certainly relevant to me at the time. I was learning the concepts of insurance from that theoretical risk management underwriting perspective. But with CIC being geared towards the people that are actually working with the clients, the people that are actually providing that protection to individuals and businesses yeah. helped me understand, oh my gosh, not only is this stuff really applicable, like you said, the instructors are amazing because they're bringing such real world experience to it. But it helped me see, okay, this isn't just paperwork that's getting pushed around. This is actually really right. important. And that's when you learn to love what you do. 
Absolutely. I absolutely agree with that too. I think it starts with, um, before you love to learn the policy language, because that's the black and white on paper and that's a lot of reading and, you know, it really starts with why you're doing it. And once you get into insurance and I think it happens when you have that first claim or that first time Mm -hmm. you really help somebody solve an issue that they were having with their insurance, whether it was, they couldn't get a mortgage closed because of something insurance related that you've realized you're doing more than just providing them with Mm. black and white paper. You're helping them with something. And the first time you get that claim and they're able to get back on their feet quickly and they realize the value of the policy that's in their hand. It's when that mutual exchange of understanding, they realize the value of what you sold and you realize the value of what you sold and how that helped them. That's when I feel like that love starts. And in order for that to be the best it can be for every client after that, you have to really know what you're talking about and to best serve your clients and to best serve your agents and your underwriters and everybody else, just doing your bare minimum CE is not going to get you there. You really need to make it a a lifelong or a career long study and never be done with finding another piece of the puzzle or another piece of the information or a different perspective of the same information. And that's what we strive to do here at the National Alliance is right now. And we're working on revising many of our courses mm. because it is the same information over and over again. So we're working on trying to add in different perspectives and different information that gets you to look at it a different way. And like right now, um, our company is doing a spotlight series on one of our co-founders, Dr. Hold. Everybody knows Dr. Hold. And, you know, he said something that I reposted on my LinkedIn. You can go and look at the SCIC or the National Alliance LinkedIn, but I reposted it. And he said, just goes to show you one person can make a tremendous difference in your life. Now, I know we've heard a variation of that in some way or another, whether it's from a teacher or anybody else, but that was a direct quote out of his video where he was being interviewed. Just goes to show you one person can make a tremendous difference in your life. And that's so applicable anywhere. That's through your Mm -hmm. education. Mm -hmm. That one instructor who you've heard this information over and over again, but that one instructor says it in a different way that makes it click with you Mm -hmm. or you're that one person that makes a different and your a difference in your client's life because you knew the coverage you were selling them. You weren't shortchanging them based on price. You were selling them based on service and coverage. That's everything that our uh, courses, you know, all of our designations, all of once you're done with all of the designations, all of the extra added William T. Hold seminars and the Ruble seminars and, you know, everything that comes after that, the podcasts and the magazine and everything else, it's just trying to get a different perspective in front of you so that you can make the best of your career. Well, I always say, and this is one thing, I actually have like a whole podcast, uh, a PowerPoint presentation on it whenever I hire people. And um, it is, and I did this whole visual on it, how insurance is the backbone of our economy and how mm-hmm. without it, we would not have the world, of the, uh, the, the United States of America. We would not have the United States of America as we know it today because right. we did not qualify for our houses at the mm-hmm. levels that our houses are at because our banks require that and they depend on that to be able to secure the loan if something would happen. Hello, loyal listeners. Hey, are you a local agent struggling to find markets for your client? Maybe you, maybe not. 
Look no further than Nation Brokerage Solutions. With over 200 carriers, their comprehensive options give you what you need for your customers' ever-changing needs. With NBS, as they say it in the cool world, you can confidently offer a wide range of options to better support your customers and grow your business, AK Agency. Don't settle for less. Do more with NBS. For more information about Nationwide Brokerage Solutions, visit nbsbrokerage.com. Cast certified. Number two are... Our healthcare would not be what it is. I mean, people pro healthcare, anti health, whatever, we don't, wherever, wherever we want to talk about it, it still would not be anywhere near it is what it is today if we did not have insurance of some sort. And then, you know, we talk about just on the personal level, people, if they have a water claim, I mean, I had a water claim here, literally in this room, and like all the all the walls melted because of all the water. Like we had to redo all the floors. If I would have had the $75,000 in my back pocket that I could just you know, to right. house. that's one conversation, but nobody does. Right. right? Without insurance, nobody would want to. Not without mm-hmm. insurance. But then on the other side of that conversation, if we look at how many industries are supported in one way or another by the insurance industry, you know, if somebody's a contractor, you know, usually they put somebody's house back together from a house fire or from, you know, a, a water situation. If you're in, you know, you know, auto dealerships because mm-hmm. somebody totaled out a car or to fix a car, you know, doctors, lawyers, right? Ambulance well, drivers, all these people. Right. Lawyers mm-hmm. wouldn't have a job and, if they didn't exactly. have to litigate policy language exactly. every day. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and, you know, that's actually something that I, so I was uh, talking to somebody had this barbershop and having his barbershop for like 40 years, country mm-hmm. guy, I don't need insurance. No one's going to, you know, um, this whole concept, I don't need insurance. Nothing's going to happen. Yeah. But one of the things that I try to get people to remember, okay, even just for liability insurance, general liability, this GL policy is probably going to cost you a thousand dollars a year. Okay. If somebody were to sue you, what are you going to pay per hour for the attorney that you have to hire for your defense? Even if it's a completely frivolous lawsuit, would you rather pay for that attorney yourself? Um, or and then time just, away from work. Exactly. Or just let your insurance company handle it. Yeah. So right. there's a lot of other benefits. I, I, I always, I have to stop myself when I see people, especially online talking about what a racket insur- the insurance industry is or things like that. And I'm, I'm fighting with myself. I'm like, do not engage. So, okay. Do not engage. Sidebar. Sidebar question. I'm, am I the only person that whenever you're sitting in a restaurant or a bar, you always end up sitting like two seats down from that person griping about their insurance? Yes. It yes. seems like no matter if I'm in an airport, if I am in a restaurant, somebody behind me is griping about their insurance. And I literally look at my husband, I go, I'm being tested right now because I want to go over to that booth and I want to go tell them how yes. the reality of the situation is. Well, it's one of those things because people complain about insurance, you know, maybe because they uh, they never use it. They're paying these premiums, right. but they never use it or something wasn't paid out to their satisfaction. But seriously, so it's always try- because they end up having that one claim. And that one thing that's, that's not covered. <laughs> right. But I mean, just it's it's. But they didn't take the coverage, right? Yeah. But but you're not realizing how much 
security and protection that you're actually being given just by the existence of that policy. Absolutely. And I love that the National Alliance has so many different programs. You guys have programs for people who are not licensed, for people that are licensed. You all have, you know, people who are going for the risk manager perspective. You guys have commercial and personal, and you all have the seminars and the podcasts. And I know that Really, here on the Power of Women in Insurance, what we really want to make sure that we focus on, too, is the process of helping women to find their voice in the insurance industry, wherever that is. And you all have so many great resources for people who work either in the underwriting or in the, you know, and you all give so many resources for people in all of those different areas. I absolutely love it because it's that education piece, just like what Kat was talking about earlier about the alphabet suit behind her name, but it's by doing that, that she's learned and that she's grown and that other people have interviewed her for different jobs and that she's been able to kind of find that next step. And just like you were saying, I know that you loved the underwriting piece, but when you got over here Mm -hmm. to the education piece, you're like, man, that's my jam, right? Yeah. And you had to go through that process to find it. And I think we need to make sure we keep open the knowledge that a career is a live entity, that a career is something that tomorrow may not look the way it does today. Insurance in 20 years has changed. You know, I mean, Mm -hmm. we don't. We don't have to physically fill out a court forms and fax them into the carriers. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I mean, there's still agencies that are out there doing that. Right? Yeah. Right. But I think, you know, kind of like right. when you, you know, similarly, I don't know if you've ever read, oh gosh, I think her name's Carol Dweck, but she's, she writes, she writes about mindsets. Uh-huh. Um, and so you've got people that either have that fixed mindset or that growth mindset. Yep. And I think it's really important, especially as women that we continually encourage that growth mindset in each other, because Mm. otherwise it's too easy for society, whether it be our peers or community, our parents, you know, telling us, well, this is what you're going to do in your life. And this is what needs to happen. And the way that I try to live my life is I, I try to live my life in a way that my kids um, Mm. can be proud of. And again, if that means busting my bleep to uh, put myself in a better position than I was before. That's what I'm going to do. You know, and, and, you know, that way I can show my kids. Yeah. I may have left home at a, at 16 years old and gotten Mm -hmm. into a fair amount of adventures, (laughs) but um, (laughs) that's what we're calling them. We're calling them adventures. adventures. (laughs) Yes. But, but look at where I am now. Right. And, and, and I've, I've been able to support myself, support my family, mm-hmm. make a good life for myself because of me. I did not have yeah. to rely on somebody else to do that. Right. Well, hey. Talk about mindset just for one second. There's a guy by the name of John D. Martini that I love. And I don't know if you know who he is. And he says that everything is on the way to where you're going. Nothing is in the way. So even whenever we have those moments that are hard, that are tough, maybe we have an agency owner that's just a jerk, right? Maybe mm-hmm. we have somebody who's a client who just gives us a really hard time today. It, it, it puts us and gives us the skills every single day to go where we're going. So even if we take that course that we um, might be hard, right? Or we have to take time away from the work office to be able to take a course or to go to a conference or to level ourselves up, Right. All those things are on the way to where mm-hmm. we are going with our career and making a difference in the world, not necessarily in the way. 
And I love people that really focus on that direction because that's really the people that are going to be super impactful, growth oriented Mm -hmm. and really make a difference in their community, no matter what it is that they're doing. You know, they're that Mm -hmm. mom that sits on the couch and has a conversation with that teenager who is going through a really hard time. And they sit back and they say, that person really made a difference and helped me get back on the right track. And same thing with no matter where we are, if we can reach out and be that mentor, we can't be that person if we don't get out there and get that education and that Mm -hmm. growth and that openness of mind to be able to build our careers and our personal mindset to be able to be really positive. Yeah. Right. So, so we said you and uh, you and Kat are quoting some great people. I want to quote somebody. Yeah, absolutely. Go for it. His name is Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I am a huge Winnie the Pooh, uh, Winnie the Pooh, Winnie the Winnie Pooh the fan. Pooh. Let's get it out yes. of my mouth. And I, it's really funny. I took my kids to the, um, to the bookstore this past weekend and got them a whole bunch of books. And I ended up coming out of there with a book called the little book of Pooisms. It's so great. But it, on the same note, uh, always get to where I'm going by walking away from where I've been. And it's just, oh, I, I love, love it. And it's really a testament to a journey that you've been on. You're mm-hmm. always going somewhere and you're always coming from somewhere. Yeah. And I want to thank you for recognizing all of the different paths that we have available at uh, the National Alliance, as well as all of the different career paths that we even highlight as well. We've got some career paths that somebody, if they don't know where to start, they can look at those on our website and they can see you know, where the designations fit in with a certain journey and how to get from one place to another. But what really drives that and what really drives even our education is the insurance industry is amazing. And the network that is within the insurance industry is even more amazing. And I don't think that I've met very many people I can, you know, maybe on one hand that don't want to promote somebody's success. We're Mm -hmm. always trying to promote somebody's success. And that's just, it's throughout the insurance industry. When you're working with an underwriter, that underwriter wants you to write that business and you want that underwriter to accept it. There might be some differences there, but we both want each other to be you know, successful. It's the same with agents. There's enough business out there for everybody. Yeah. What can I do to help mm-hmm. you with that client you're trying to get without me trying to steal it from you? kind of thing. And the education where that fits into it is it helps you build that network Mm -hmm. because you're sitting in a room or on a webinar or listening to an instructor who is like-minded, who is as interested in this stuff as you are. And going back to perspectives, everybody's got a different perspective. Mm -hmm. And so when you're in that room and you're able to you know, start expressing your perspectives and how you viewed this coverage versus how somebody else does, it just kind of makes that network stronger. And you come out of that with, well, the next time I have this problem, I'm going to call you, which makes you successful because you've got a network to rely on. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, just education, it glues all of that stuff together and building that network and building that support and knowing how to get where you're going by where you've been. So, Poop. And the, <laughs> one of the things I've been super impressed with this year, and I know y'all just came out with it this year, is, um, and I've, I've been doing more of the online classes, right? Like I took one in April, I took one in um, 
I don't know, June, July, something like that. I'm going to take another one in October. Um, anyway, is the fact that I can save so much money and I really need to do this, but I can save so much money through y'all's membership program because y'all have the, what is it like $69 a month or 65, I don't know, $70 a month. Anyway, something like that. Anyway, but you could get access to all these different programs and certifications and you could take them and you could blow through them and just like boom, 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 boom. I know. Have you ever wanted to race against yourself to see how quickly you can add letters behind your name? <laughs> you know what? Because with the memberships, yeah, with would. the memberships, yeah. you can do it. With everything being in webinars right now, you can literally be working on multiple designations. At the same time. And I'm such such an ADD nerd that I'm like, really? You're going to give me five years to take this class because... I, there's no way I don't want to take five years to take this Mm -hmm. class. I want to get it done now. And, and I'm so, (laughs) I'm so, I don't know, envious of other people. I hate to say that, but I like look at the initials behind Kat's name or whatever. And I'm like, girl, I can do that too. Let me go for it. (laughs) Well, good. And yeah, and and you should do. I don't understand, especially if you've got to do CE anyway, right. To maintain your license why not get some more stuff out of it? Right. That's why I kept chasing. I'm like, if I'm going to have to sit in this class yourself. anyway, let me get something out of it. Now, it. I will say, after having gotten my CRM, those were hard. And yeah. since then, I have not wanted to take any more exams. <laughs> so, I mean, it was such, and it was such a great course too, especially the CRM program, because it actually takes you outside of the insurance industry. Mm, and so, yeah, so yes. a lot of the people that were in classes with me didn't work in insurance at all. Mm-hmm. They worked for risk management departments of other types of companies. So that was fascinating. Awesome. I will take those courses again for updates, but I'm going to not take any exams for a few years. You're I'm now sitting in the seat. back row because yeah, I'm, I'm sitting in the back row. I'm, I'm just going <laughs> to learn for learning sake. You're watching the it. sweat roll off the back of people's necks because they're dreading having to think. You sit there and go, I used to do that. I remember that. <laughs> yep. Be like, hold on. I don't need to take the exam. Bye-bye. Everybody. Exactly. Uh-huh. <laughs> I had an education coordinator that every time I took one of these classes where you'd have to test, he called it the religious experience. The oh, wow. Sunday morning religious experience because you better say your prayers and make yeah, right. sure you're prepared to meet your maker. <laughs> I'm right side of God right now. That's all I yep. got to say. <laughs> well, you Good. know, but one thing I do like too is um because I, I I like the online format. I I like going somewhere, but I am so ADD that I will literally pick up my computer and I'll walk around the house while I'm, you know, watching something. I'll go take my computer while I'm making breakfast, you know, and and I'm watching stuff. And that may or may not be the right way to do it. But one of the things I really love too, is that they have been like making the recordings available for like the next couple of days Mm -hmm. after that until the test occurs. So I will literally go back through, okay, my 400 page book. And I will literally go back through to the library and spend like the next four days. Now, disclaimer, I'm an empty nester. My kids are grown. My kids are 28 and 22. So I can do this, but, um, I'm such a nerd. I love the library. Like I love, like I go to the library just to hang out. Yes. Like I love it. And so I would go and just like re-listen to all the courses and then like go back and take additional notes. And then I'd bullet point different things. And I loved it. And of course there's a pressure that you have to do it within a certain amount of time because you got to take the test. But I felt like I got so much 
Out Gold star student. Yeah. I love it. I love well, it. So I, for I me did. to take those courses, it's like a completely immersive, like my team gets really ticked off if I take too many because I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, on my phone, I'm like, sorry, not right now. Gotta go. Bye. You See, know? I, I rewatched the recordings as well. I took advantage I of those recordings, but that was more mainly because I'm a morning person. Uh-huh. And it seemed like a lot of the courses that I took were on Mondays and Tuesday evenings. Uh-huh. And I'm in bed by nine o'clock Eastern time. So <laughs> there's not a whole lot of mental adhesion right. occurring at that point. So I was logged onto the courses and looking at the screen so that I could answer those poll questions, yep. but I really needed those recordings seriously, and they're to, to watch when I could learn. Yes. Yeah. yeah, and I feel like if I did it in person, I wouldn't have that ability to. And I don't know, I've not taken a class in person in a really long time, but um, I, I love it. I love it because then that way I can and I can learn the way I learn. And I'll literally get up with like my little note cards and I'll walk around the. Mm-hmm. the the library floor and I'll like pretend like I'm looking at books but I'm really like because I'm like I said I'm so ADD I gotta be moving oh. and I know that kinesthetic is a way that I learn so yeah. I'll like pace for like a couple minutes until I look weird then I'll sit down for a little bit then I'll go like to the second floor and do the same thing right so but I love that because I can learn the way that I learn and especially mm-hmm. when you're doing the videos I can put it on hold and I could literally just start right now ideas of how this would apply in the the businesses that I work with and the people that I work with. And then I can come nice. back and I can do it again, you know, or I can back it up and listen to that again, because what did he say? Let me take it apart. And I find that super valuable. Well, I'm so happy a, that you find that valuable yeah. that way. Well, and it's yeah. important to know too, especially as adults. I mean, the way that you're going to teach adults is going to be different than the way that you teach kids Absolutely. or I will say the way that's different than kids are generally taught these days, you know, in the traditional school format, because how we all retain information is going to be different, especially as adults, we're going to have, you know, very finite attention spans. So if you're going to provide any educational offerings in order for it to be meaningful, you have to be able to meet working adults where they are. Yeah. Well, I'm so glad to hear your perspective on online. You know, this goes back to different perspectives and different strengths for different folks, right? Because I'm a huge fan of taking classes in person, right? I get so distracted with the online thing that the polls themselves are enough to distress you out. Yeah. Yes. Because (laughs) can't blink. Can't blink. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Because I'm a note taker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't need to be tracking my attendance because I am down and I am writing and I am only looking up when I need to. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm only looking up when I need to, but if I've got to keep my eyes on the screen to check those poll boxes, I've just missed everything that was before it and True. everything that's coming after it. True. So I have always been like, the webinars are great and everything, but people want to get back into the classroom. So I'm really happy to hear your perspective and hear the way that you use the online education and the way that you do in order to be able to go back and listen to it. And I love that you said you listen to it and you pause it and you start writing down ways that that's going to be applicable to what you do. I've never done that, but I'm going to start. because <laughs> that's I, just, I mean, that's a whole different way of being able to take the education in bite-sized pieces instead mm-hmm. of, you know, 16 hours sitting in a classroom and chess the next day or even that afternoon or whatever. 
that's really hard for some people to do. Now that's the way I like my education because I want to get it while it's still kind of at the forefront of my well, mind. That's such a good point though, is that for me, I like re-listening to it and re-watching it because I feel like the first time I'm just getting the concept. And I feel like if I go over it again, then I actually learn it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like, you know, it, it, I just, I feel like I like that repetition. Yeah, no, that's great. I love to hear that. And I will, I'm, I'm going to love to take this clip and send it to our college team and our high school team Love it to be able to, like I said, just being able to stop that video and think about how could I apply this to what I am doing? That, I love that mm-hmm. yep. fun yep. little tip there. Thanks for sharing. Absolutely. That. Absolutely. It's kind of like driver's ed when I was teaching my kids to drive. I'd always be like, if you hit him, you're involved. If, he, if he's in reverse and, and, and that would do this. Oh, I cannot wait teach me days. to drive. You're not teaching me about insurance. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm like, <laughs> don't look do that because insurance. you need to know this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I remember too, because of insurance, when my daughter started learning how to drive the every day before she left the house, I was like, honey, no matter what your instinct tells you to do, just hit the deer. If it runs in front of you, <laughs> yeah, don't right? swerve, just hit the deer. Yep. Yep. Right, yep. Right, I think it's right. always funny whenever insurance people are parents because the, the kids are just like, in fact, my mom was worked for State Farm as a claims um, secretary. And my dad was kind of all over the insurance industry and mainly in life and health, but in doing other things as well. Ended up at Allstate. Uh, but I swore I would never, ever go into insurance. And of course, here I am. So, you know, but I was always like, man, they're so boring because they would sit there and talk about all this stuff. Right. And I'd be like at the dinner table. Right. Last night I was working at the dinner table and I was reading policy language out loud because I was having trouble comprehending something. Mm -hmm. And my daughter looks over at me. She's like, did you just cast a spell? (laughs) (laughs) I might have. (laughs) Like That's say awesome. it three times and the insurance God is going to. Yep. And I think if people do have to read insurance language, these courses help them to do that as well, because it's not as foreign They're They're more familiar with what these terms are and all of that. And I've heard so many times that a really good insurance agent and a really good account manager and a really good agency owner and a really good, whatever the title is that we have in our job, is that a really good anything knows what the language of the policy and mm-hmm. knows what the yeah. policy says. And mm-hmm. we can't do that if we don't get the education to okay. be able to learn and do those things. So that way it's not as hard when I do sit down with a policy and I'm not like taking the whole policy and just, you know, hitting my head. I'm going to give you, give you sound effects, you know, with, get in there because it's not going on its own but mm-hmm. when you get that language and you get that knowledge it really helps out a lot so right just yeah. being the best that you can be and that really transcends into everything whether you're a producer like you said an agency owner an account manager mm-hmm. you may have a path to a certain direction but be the best in whatever it is you're doing mm-hmm. Right then. And I say that to my kids all the time too. My daughter just started, I'm going to keep bringing up my kids. It's the first week of school. So the kids are right at the front of my brain this week. <laughs> They're always at the front of my brain and mine doesn't right. with me anymore. I mean, I get it. I get it completely. <laughs> she just started middle school and she got the opportunity to go into percussion. And so we got the kit and it's, you know, it's got the drum pad and the bells and then it's got the triangle. She's like, mom, I hope. I am not on the triangle. I don't want to be a bell ringer. And I went, you know what? Every member of that band is just as important as any Mm -hmm. other person on that, or it wouldn't be a band. So if you get the bell, 
you're going to be the best damn dinger you can be yep, and <laughs> ding that bell. Ding that bell. <laughs> that's, that's what we're going to do. Ding that bell. Their, the mascot, like right, their mascot is a hornet and the stinger. So I was like, I'm going to have a shirt made. If you become a dinger, I'm going to be like, I'm the mom of a, of a I'm not going to say the school. I'm the mom of the best damn stinger dinger. <laughs> <laughs> Have they assigned the instruments yet? No, they haven't oh. right now. They're just working on. We're gonna have to do a follow up. That. I want to. I, I want to send her the the SNL gif of um, <laughs> Will Ferrell and the cowboy. Oh yeah. <laughs> We made so much fun out of being the best stinger dinger that she's like, all right, well now I kind of want to be on the bell. <laughs> I, I want to start playing the bell now. Seriously. Too. <laughs> I agree. Uh, all right, ladies. Well, you know what? If people want to be able to soak up some of this awesomeness, because you guys have a podcast, y'all have all these amazing courses, y'all have so many things to offer the insurance industry. How can all those amazing people out there who want to be able to level up their education, level up their awesomeness in this insurance industry, how can they reach out to y'all and be able to get those resources that we've been talking about today? Yeah. First of all, look in the mirror and tell yourself that you can level up because you're amazing. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to go to our website, scic.com and do more than just look for a course. I think a lot of people don't spend very much time on the website because they're just looking for a course, but man, carve out some time to get to our website. Take a look at scic.com, click on anything and everything you can find. But if you want to reach us academic directors specifically, if you have a coverage question, would like some help with something in the curriculum, anything that we can help you with, we're more than happy and willing to do that. And you can find us uh, again at the scic.com website forward slash academic dash directors. And you can look any one of us up and reach out to us anytime. I and love can it. I just reiterate, I mean, yes, getting calls from agents needing help to understand something has been the highlight of my career for the past 10. That's, that is my favorite thing to do. So please give me a bright spot in my day and let me I answer know. a question for you. This month alone, I got two agents with two claims that needed some help understanding their policy language. I just a shout out because they were amazing to email me the actual policy. Just because yes. we teach ISO language does not mean I know if the coverage is applicable mm -hmm. to your claim. So they sent That's me the awesome. forms. We took a look at it together and we brainstormed. And it's not even that we're always an expert, especially when it's a state that we're not familiar with, but mm -hmm. man, it sure helps to have a sounding board and yep. to get that different perspective. And that's what I was able to do this month. And I just wanted to quit after that. I mean, I love that. It's like like my bell. Bell. Hey. <laughs> right. Ding my bell. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, everybody, thank you guys so much for joining us today. We have amazing women with us with Destin and Kat and with the National Alliance for Insurance Education. Tons of resources, as you know, for you ladies out there who are looking to be able to level up your awesomeness in this playing field, because that is why we are here is to help and be able to inspire y'all to be able to do that. So make sure that y'all subscribe to the podcast. Make sure that you check it out. We have a new episode every single Wednesday where we talk to amazing women in the insurance space. Make sure that y'all check out the scic.com, which is a National Alliance for Insurance Education and all those amazing resources that they have. 
subscribe to the podcast, give us a review and send me another awesome and amazing woman out there in the industry for us to be able to chat with. And we will see everybody again next week. Everybody go make the world safe for democracy. Talk to you later.